chapter 5, verses 1 through 10. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now we, now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnestness of the Spirit. Therefore we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. For we are confident, I say, and willing rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor that we, whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things which, which things body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. Lord, I ask that your spirit would be with us this morning, that we would listen to your word, we would learn your word, and we would apply it. Lord, as we worship you here in this church, we know that you are with us. And the purpose of our worship is to glorify you and honor you. I ask, Lord, that that all that we do now would honor you and glorify you, and that each person here would know you a little bit better, would know your word a little bit better through this time together to worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. The, um, the verses I picked was 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 through 10. And this verse is, is very interesting. Um, and you'll see why in a couple minutes. But if you look at the verse, instead in verse 1 it says, For we know that if our earthly houses of this tabernacle were dissolved. We have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Okay, and believer. And what, by the way, what is a born-again believer? A born-again believer, somebody, the gospel is really very simple. You have to believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He didn't just die. He died for your sins, for my sins and for your sins. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And it, he died how? According to the scriptures. According to the scriptures. Do you realize that, that, that Jesus' death on the cross was fully documented in the Old Testament? It wasn't just a random thing. It was God had a plan for thousands of years before this happened. So he died on the cross for your sins and for my sins. And then the gospel, that what happened? And the third day, he what? Rose from the dead. How? According to the scriptures, he rose again from the dead. That, by the way, that's the gospel. He rose again on the third day. And what does that mean? He died for my sins. He died for your sins. And when he died for our sins, he what? He rose again on the third day. The fact that he rose, if, when I die, if I, if, if I die before Christ, I won't rise from the dead. I'm a man. But Jesus Christ rose from the dead. To demonstrate that he was what? Man, 
and God. And so Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man. And he rose from the dead on the third day. And he rose how? According to the scriptures. It was all predicted in the Old Testament according to the scriptures. And because if we have, if we believe that and have faith in Jesus Christ and our hope is what? In the resurrection. We have that hope. We're saved. And so as we look at this verse, it says in verse 5, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, what's the earthly house of this tabernacle? Our bodies. He's talking about our bodies here. And that's why he says, our, it's not like the church, it's my body. If this earthly house of this tabernacle, my body, were dissolved. By the way, are our bodies dissolving? Yeah, right? They're dissolving. It takes a, you know, maybe, maybe you live 100 years if you're, if you're doing really well, but your body's dissolving. So if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, which is dissolving, we have a building of God a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavenlies. What does this mean? Do you realize that you have, God has a body waiting for you in heaven. You're going to have a body that's what? Eternal. It's not going to decay like our bodies are today. We're going to have an eternal body in the heavens. And look what it says in there. How was it made? Without hands. What can you make without hands? When God created the world, what happened? He created by his word, without hands. Our heavenly bodies are going to be created what? Without hands. And so God's going to do the creating. And look, um, look what it says in verse 5. We have a building of God. Wouldn't would I expect the Bible to say? I would expect it to say we will have in the future. But what does he say? It's in the present. Do you realize that? He's saying that we have the house. We have the building of God. We, it's guaranteed. If you're saved, you have the house. It's not, it doesn't have to be the future. It's already there. Like that when you die, your body's decaying. But God is already ready with that new body for you in heaven. And then look what it says. For in this we groan. Well, groaning, you always think of that as negative. But look, it's, not, it's positive groaning. Earnestly desiring. It's so good that I'm groaning. You know, like you're anticipating something that's really good and you're just like groaning about it. That's what this is. It's groaning, desiring to be what? To be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. So we're living today and we're looking forward because of our salvation to what? This new house that's going to be eternal. We're groaning for it. And it says, if so be that being clothed, we shall be found shall not be found naked. But for we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would, but be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Do you realize what this is saying? This is saying that when we die, the, the, the decaying body is gone, and we get this new eternal body. And what's so special about it, in verse 3, look, it says, For if so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. Sometimes you'll hear somebody preach something like this. They call this thing soul sleep. You, You die, and then you go, your spirit hangs around for a while, and then the resurrection, you get a new body. What's this verse saying? When you're not going to be found naked, you're not going to be without a body. When you die, you die, 
and then basically you get a new body. And so what he's saying here is that what happens is we groan for this new body, we get a new body, and it's swallowed up of life in verse 4. The body that we get is what? It's eternal. It's forever. Okay, so we get this life. Now, he that wrought us for this self-thing thing is God, who hath also hath given us is the earnestness of the Spirit. So this is, think about how great God is. Think about this. God promised you, if you're a believer, and we know what a believer has to be, to what? Believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, according to the Scripture, and he rose the third day, according to the Scriptures. If you believe that, then you're saved. You're going to get a new body, right? But God, in his mercy, gave you what? The Holy Spirit. Right now, if you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit is like a down payment, a guarantee that you're going to have this what? Resurrected body and be with Christ. So he has already given you the Holy Spirit. And that's what they're saying here. He's given you the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we are always, look at that word, confident. Knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. What did Paul say? To, to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. It's better to be with the Lord. But God has a purpose for us. So he wants us to live our life for him. So we, we're confident, though, and we have the down payment of the Holy Spirit that we, we're going to be with God. And then verse 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. What do we have? We have hope. We have faith in God. We are confident, I say, and willing, rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Okay, so look what he says here. We have all these promises. Wherefore, we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. So whether, so what happened is we're saved. We've got these new bodies. We've got a resurrection. We've got all this. And you know what? It has nothing to do with how good we are. It has nothing to do with whether we're, we're morally good or bad or whatever. Because all the work was done by who? Jesus Christ. He's the one that died for our sins. He's the one that, that, that enables us to go to heaven. So all this is really good. And hopefully if you're a believer, this is just like things that you've heard all the time. And if you, ha if you don't understand this, talk to me or one of the deacons after the service and we'll explain it to you. Because this is really important. This is what the gospel is all about. This is what salvation is all about. This is why we come to church. This is why we worship God. Because of the gospel. So if you don't understand what I been talking about this point talk to one of us and we'll explain it to you <clears throat> but look what he says here this is where it becomes very confusing wherefore we labor that whether present or absent we may be accepted of him and what's the troubling word in this verse there's a troubling word here the word may that word may i would expect it to say we will be accepted by him because Jesus did all the work. So there's all of a sudden, there's this word may that makes me like, what's this all about? And then I look at verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Wait a second. He's talking in verse five, and this verse here, it's clearly talking to believers. And believers don't get judged. 
There's a great white judgment where people are going to get judged. But believers don't get judged because the blood of Jesus Christ keeps us from judgment. So what's, what's he talking about here? See, this is where this verse, everything up to this point is like very clear about the gospel and very helpful. And all of a sudden, there's that word may be accepted. I thought we were all accepted in Christ. We're accepted through the blood of Jesus Christ, not, not through our works. And then I look at verse 5, and it says that we meet, it sounds like works to me, like we may receive every, the, the things done by the body according to what he hath done, whether it be good or bad. That sounds like me. I'm going to get judged. And so clearly, clearly this is not what it, what I'm, it, what it appears to be on the surface because we're not judged as believers, right? Jesus Christ died for us. We're not going to be judged. So we have to look into this a little bit and see what is he talking about here about believers having to be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. So let's let's look at um, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 to try to understand what this is about because this is really important because, you know, I don't think I'm going to be judged. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, He's also talking about this judgment of believers. And he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, For other foundation can no man lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So what, as a believer, what's our foundation? Jesus Christ. He's our foundation. Now, if any man build upon that foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble. So Jesus is the foundation, and we do what? We build on it. We can build with gold. We can build with silver. We can build with a precious stone, wood, hay, and stubble. And you think stubble, what's that's worthless? But a lot of times, um, I remember going to Liberia um, a couple years, uh, many, about 10 years ago, and a lot of the houses were made out of grass roofs, right? They, they, the roofs were made out, and they were very good. They were waterproof and all, and that's, what they would, that's how you would translate that word stubble. So it's a good building material. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. So he's saying it's going to be the works that we do are going to be revealed by fire. So I'm assuming the gold, the silver, and the precious stones, they can withstand fire. The wood, gold, hay, and stubble are going to be burned up. So some works are going to stand and some are going to be burned up. And then in verse 14, if any man's work abide which he hath there, built thereon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet as by fire. Okay, now I understand this. So, if I build with wood, hay, or stubble, and I build with that stubble, and I'm judged by that stubble, what's going to happen? It's going to get burned up. Am I still saved? Yes. You see that? That's very important. And so this is making it clear now. I understand that the believer's judgment has nothing to do with salvation. It's nothing about salvation because why? If there was a judgment because of salvation, there's a problem, right? And you should throw me out of the church if I preach that, right? Throw me out today. Right? If I said that you have to do any works. Salvation is based on Jesus Christ and Him alone. But what it's also saying here is that there's a judgment of believers. And the believer's judgment is not a judgment of salvation. 
and actually uh, look at this. Um, it's, it, it, if your, your works are found losing, you'll, you'll, be, you'll still be saved. And what it is is, you know what it is? It's a different kind of judgment. And, and maybe the word, we use the word judgment, and it's the right word to use because that's the Bible uses. But it's really about rewards. It's almost like your heavenly father. And, you know, by the way, if you're a born-again believer, God is your father, your heavenly father. You've been adopted into, his, in, 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 into God. So you're, you're, you're the son of God or the, or the daughter of God. So this is like a parent given rewards for being good or a lack of reward <laughs> for being bad. And so what I want to talk about this morning is that as believers, we are not going to be judged between heaven and hell because of the blood of Jesus Christ. But there's going to be the, and, and sometimes you'll hear the word beam, beam of judgment, but we're going to be judged based on our works. And if our work is gold, silver, and precious stones, we're going to get a reward. If our work is wood, hay, or stubble, it's going to be burned up. But we're still saved. But we're still saved. And so, as a believer, I think it's very important to understand what works are important to God. Because as a believer, my desire is it's not, not, has nothing to do with works for salvation, but as a born-again believer, I want to please my Savior. I want to please my Heavenly Father. And I want to do the things in my life that what? Please Him. The things He wants me to do. You know, if God said to me, I want you to be rich, then I should strive to be rich. Obviously, that's not what we're not going to, we're going to get into that. That's not one of the things that God wants us to strive to do. But God does want us to strive to do certain things. And the Bible tells us the things that God will reward. And you know what we're going to get? We're going to get crowns. We're going to get crowns. And the crown is, it's not like a king's crown. It's more like a victory reef kind of thing. We're going to get a crown for certain things that God thinks are important. And they're the, the, what are they? They're the gold, silver, and precious stones. So we're going to get rewards for doing things. And these are for believers. So there's certain rewards. And I would challenge you as a believer that you want to do the things to get rewards. Because you want to be ple pleasing to your heavenly father. So I want to go through some of these things. Um, so let's go through. Um, the, um, oh, um, let me just, before I do that, um, look what it says in verse 16, 1 Corinthians three sixteen. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwelleth in you. It's sort of interesting. I just read the Romans one and now we're doing the 1 Corinthians one. Every time he talks about rewards and judgment, he talks about what? The Holy Spirit. You notice that's in every verse. And by the way, if you do stuff to get a reward, who enables you to do it? The Holy Spirit. Can, you, can I stand up there and say, you know, look at me. I've gotten a bunch of rewards because I really am a good person serving Christ. If I did that, what's the first? Serena's back there laughing, right? And you should be laughing at me, right? Because it's not me that does it. It's what? The Holy Spirit working through me. And if I come to you that way, I have a lot of pride. 
and I've got a problem, right? And so here we're saying that, 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 that when we get these rewards, it's not me, it's the Holy Spirit. Verse 17, if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. And the other thing we need to realize is that um, these rewards are not based on worldly wisdom. Because what does it say here in verse uh, 17? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. We have to think beyond the world. We have to think that we want to seek godly wisdom. And what did Paul say? You know what? The wisdom of the world, they laugh at godly wisdom. They think we're a bunch of fools. But that's what we have to have. So as we think about these rewards, we have to think of two things. One, the Holy Spirit enables us to do it. So I, I take no pride in doing these rewards. I do it because I want to love my Heavenly Father and I want to follow Him. So it's not me like I'm a better person because I did a reward than you did or you're a better person because you did a reward than I did. No, it's the Holy Spirit working in us. And then the other thing is it's based on what? Godly wisdom. Seeking God, not what? Worldly wisdom. And because if not, it becomes a competition. And that's all worldly stuff, like a competition, like I'm a better Christian than you are and all that. You know, that's a bunch of baloney. All right, so let's look at some of these rewards. Okay, so um, the first one is in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Uh, and, the, and you know what? It's really neat in the Bible. They have actually names for these crowns. Um, I don't know how this is going to work in heaven, but there's, going, there's names for him. He has names for him. And there's actually five crowns that we can earn as believers. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Um, and every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, so fight I not, as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. So the first crown that we can earn, or, you know, I, I hate the word earn because the Holy Spirit's the one that does it. So the first that we can get is called the incorruptible crown. And basically what this is, is mastery over his own body or our own body. Um, it's to live a life that's righteous, that's following God. Not that we're, we're obviously we're going to be sinning, but it's a, a disciplined life, living righteously, not sinning. And look what Paul even said here in verse 27. When I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. If he failed to do what? live for God, live a righteous life, um, he would have been a castaway. And Paul was, you know, serving the Lord by preaching. So what is he talking about here? Do we, any of us have mastery of our own body? Not yet. Hopefully, we, no, no, we will when we get to heaven, but we don't yet. You know, we have that old man, new man battle going on within us. So we don't have mastery of our own body. But what's he talking about here? Um, I've known some really committed Christians who, who came to the Lord and they've had problems with like drugs and alcohol. And you probably know some people like that. And they're so committed to the Lord. But, and again, I'm, praise the Lord, I don't have any of these 
addictions, but I know they're really, really hard. Really, really hard. And the, the person will, will, the Holy Spirit enables them and they're, they're fine and then they, they backslide and they go back into this again and they go fine again and they go back and forth and they just struggle their whole life. And I think that's what he's talking about here is that there's, and it's sometimes, and, and you even know somebody like that, that, that sometimes God takes home early just because they're struggling so much with these things. And they're, and they're committed Christians. And so I think there's times when, 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 when it's hard as a born-again believer to really live. We, ha- we have our favorite sins, sins that, 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 that we just like too much. And it's really hard to give them up for Christ. And what he's saying here is that this incorruptible crown is for those who what? Overcome these really difficult sins in their life. They really overcome them. Not that you overcome them. It's always hard. But the Holy Spirit helps you. And you just, your love of Christ is so great. It's greater than the love of this favored sin that you have. And I know that there's some struggles that people have. And the good news is, even if you can't overcome these sins, you're still saved. Right? You're still, you're the wood, hay, stubble. You're going to get burned up. But he's saying that for the believers that overcome these really difficult sins in their life, there's what? There's this incorruptible crown. And so what he's saying here is there's a reward for those that, that really love Christ so much more than their sin that they're willing to, to die to self to overcome this sin. Again, if you can't or it's just hard, you're saved. But he's saying as a believer, if you're willing and able and, and, and working through the Holy Spirit, again, it's the Holy Spirit that enables you to do this, to overcome this sin, you can get this incorruptible crown. And so what he's saying here is there's this crown for somebody that can get mastery over their body. And again, will we ever get mastery? No. I mean, there's always going to be sin. But you know what I mean, these systemic sins that are just hard. And, and you know, you might not struggle with one, but you know somebody that does. Right, that just struggles with a sin. And so the first thing we can see is, and again, why are we doing this? Because our Heavenly Father, we want to please Him. So the first thing is an incorruptible crown. The second crown is in First Thessalonians chapter two. Uh, First Thessalonians chapter two, verse nineteen. And you can see, by the way, as you're turning there, think about this. Um, What's God interested in? God is interested in you being able to live a righteous life. Right? He knows you can. He knows you have sin. He knows you have a sinful nature. But he wants you to live that kind of life. And that's why there's a reward for those who really work at it. The second one is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. So what is the second hope? Um, It's the crown of rejoicing. And when you look at this, it says in in, um, verse 19, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? 
are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming. So what is he talking about? Are ye, are not ye, even ye, referring to the people. And what this is talking about is, is sharing the gospel. So the crown of rejoicing would be what? That other people would be in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ because of your witnessing. So what is he saying here? You witness to somebody, and you, I've witnessed to people, and sometimes they reject me. But sometimes you witness to something, and you know, if they get saved by your witnessing, is it you that saved them? No. I'm glad you're shaking your head no, because it's not. It's the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit does it. But we have to be the person willing to share the gospel. They have to hear the message. And so what happens is, someday, if you share the gospel with somebody, and they accept Christ as their Savior, the Holy Spirit did it, you're going to see them in heaven. And when you see them in heaven, guess what? You're going to get the crown of rejoicing. You're going to get a crown in heaven when you see these people. And so, what does God think is important? Sharing the gospel. Right? And so, the crown of rejoicing is for people that lead others to Christ. I also think it's, um, the whole idea here is that we endure to the end, we present the gospel, and we look forward to Jesus Christ's coming. So, so what, what's important to God? Living a life fully dedicated to him, righteously. Sharing the gospel. And I, I, I keep saying this, and I'm going to keep saying this the whole message, is if you don't share the gospel, are you still saved? Yes. Right? But you're not going to get the crown. You're not going to get the crown of rejoicing. So the whole idea here is, is wouldn't it be nice to get this crown of rejoicing by being willing to share the gospel? So the second crown you get is the crown of rejoicing. Okay, in James chapter 1, James chapter 1. Turn to James chapter 1, verse 12. Okay, in James chapter 1, verse 12, it says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Okay, the crown of life. Um, so we talked about having mastery over our body. That was the crown of incorruptible crown. But endure temptation. What does it mean to endure temptation? It means to be tempted and to do what? Not give into it. Right? We're tempted every day. Right. And so it says the man that endureth temptation for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life. Um, and the bottom line is you're going to be tempted. Until until you're with God in heaven and you're going to what's going to keep you from giving into that temptation? It says in verse 12, the love of him, the love of Christ. So here's how it works. I get tempt, tempted. And you know what? It's something I really want to do. I really like it. But you know what? It's sinful. What keeps me from doing it? My love of God is greater than what? 
my love of the temptation, whatever I'm being tempted with. So what I'm demonstrating to you when I don't get tempted by this is that I love God more than I love what? The thing that's tempting me. And if I give in to that temptation, what am I really saying? I like that better than I like what? God. You see what, it ha- you see what, he's, what he's saying here? If you're tempted and you give in, what you're really saying to God is, God, I like this sin that I'm doing better than I like what? You. I mean, I love that better than I love you. That's what you're saying. You might not, you would never say that, but your actions are what? Saying that. And so what he's saying here is that, that and again, I give in to the temptation. Am I still saved? Yes. Yes, I'm not saying this is any, there's nothing to do with salvation here. But what he's saying here in James chapter 1, verse 12, he's saying, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. I'm demonstrating that I love God more than what? This temptation, which is very attractive to me, this sin that's very attractive to me, that I love. But I love what? God more when I what? Endure this temptation and not give into it. So he's saying that the third crown we get is the crown of life. Okay. In 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. um, Verse 6. So Timothy chapter 4 verse 6. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. So what's Paul talking about here? So Paul, this was at the end of his life. He was actually writing this to Timothy, who was a, a, a young man who was a preacher. And, and Paul had sort of like trained and developed Timothy as a young man. And, you know, it's almost like the, the old guy's ready to die, and he's ready to be uh, martyred. He's about ready to be died, and he's like, he's got this young guy that's going to take over for him. So he's talking to this young guy. He's writing a letter to Timothy saying, you know, it's the end. I'm about, the, I'm about ready to die. And, you know, we've known people in our church that have gone through, you know, d- diseases and stuff. And, you know, they, it's at the end. We know it's the end. They're, they're ready to die, right? And so he's saying, for I am now ready to be offered up and the time of my departure is at hand. I'm ready to die. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. What did he do? He remained faithful with what? From the moment he got saved to the moment he died, he was what? Faithful. He didn't get worn out. He didn't say, it's too much. I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a better believer now than I was when I got saved. I've grown in Christ. I've, I've fought the good fight. I've done everything God wanted me to do. Then he says, henceforth, there is laid out for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. I've been looking forward to the return of Jesus Christ my entire life. I, from the moment I was saved to the moment I died, I'm loving God, following God, serving God, and you know what? I'm looking forward to my hope, the return of Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm looking forward to everything. And God says, you know what? You're going to get the crown of righteousness. 
You've endured to the end. And so the fourth crown is the crown of righteousness. It's, looking, it's enduring to the end, keeping the faith, looking forward to Christ's return, having my hope in Jesus Christ. Always looking forward to the end. And then the last crown, and by the way, before we turn to the last crown, do you see the things that are important to God? They're not necessarily the things that are important to me. And that's a problem because I got to align myself up to what? I should be doing the things with my life that are important to God, not that are important to me, right? And again, I keep saying this. This is not a salvation issue. I don't know how many times I'm going to say this, but I'm going to keep saying this because I don't want anybody to get confused about that, okay? 1 Peter chapter 5. Okay, first Peter chapter five, verse one. The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not by filthy filthy lucre or for bribes and money, but of a ready mind neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples of, to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, and who's the chief shepherd? Jesus Christ. Shall appear, he, he shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. So there's the crown of glory. And who's that for? The elders. Um, what's an elder? In the church, there's two Leaders, or I don't know, leaders, they're not leaders, they're, they're um, overseers. There's elders and deacons. And they're, and, and Jesus, and, and the, the gospel is very clear. Um, who's the first fruit? Jesus Christ. Who comes next? All of us. There's no, there's no hierarchy in a church. And if anybody teaches a hierarchy in a church, that's a problem, right? We're all equal in Christ. But we all have different spiritual gifts and roles. And there's elders and there's deacons, right? And who's the elder? Our pastor. And so um, what he's saying here is pastor, and, and it's good I can talk about him because he's not here. Um, but pastor has a responsibility for the spiritual oversight of our church. And I know our pastor is very loving and caring, but he takes it seriously. And he strives in the best of his ability to really serve the Lord and seek God. And I think that's why so many of us really love him, because he really does that. But the whole idea here is, whose flock is this? Is it pastors? No. It's God's. The chief shepherd is who? Jesus Christ. Our pastor is an, is, is an under-shepherd or whatever. I don't know what you would call him. And so the whole idea here is that he has to be faithful and do what? Preach the word of God, uh, uh, exhorting people, encouraging people, disciplining people. Yeah, disciplining people, um, whatever is appropriate. And again, there's when you discipline, he doesn't discipline himself. It goes through the church and there's the whole process. But anyway, the whole idea here is that people that are willing to be elders and I, I'm not sure, maybe even deacons, too, but are willing to to sacrifice themselves for the sake of God's flock they would receive the crown of glory.
So what are we saying here? What's important to God? Living a righteous life, crown of re- incorruptible crown, crown of rejoicing, leading other people to Christ, crown of life, enduring temptation because you love Christ more than the temptation, a crown of righteousness, enduring until the end, looking forward to the return of Christ, and the crown of glory, what? Feeding the flock. And by the way, maybe the crown of glory for feeding the flock is for pastor, but can you feed the flock? A lot of times you have a lot of influence on other believers, and you're, you, you can go visit somebody, do something. You can, you can feed the flock and not be the pastor, right? There's a lot of things you can do. And so as we look at that, these are the important things to God, that God, God loves us. And again, I'll say it one more time, and I'll probably say it two or three more times. It's not a salvation issue. This has nothing to do with salvation. But as a believer, you have so much time here on the earth. Shouldn't we be doing the things that are pleasing to God? The things that, that, that he wants to get, you know, the gold, silver, precious stones. The things that he wants us to have rewards for. It's more, you know, when I started out, I said I was joking a little bit about money. Money's not on this list. If anything, give it away, right? To help others, right? God will provide for us. And so when you look at this, it says, mastery over our own body with respect to sin, leading others to Christ, enduring temptation, enduring to the end, and feeding the flock of God. That's what's important to God. In closing, I want to say one thing. We should all strive to do these things. But it's really, 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 really important to understand it's not us. It's the Holy Spirit. That pray, if you want to do these things, it's not like you say, okay, I'm going to my own willpower. I'm going to go do this, this, and this, and this, and I'm going to be really good, right? No, it's not that at all. How do you do this? Pray to God. Seek the Lord. Help him understand it. And then be willing to allow the Holy Spirit to direct your life so that you can do these things. That's what it's all about. Do you want to get to heaven and Jesus say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's what these rewards are. And by the way, let me just close with this one verse from Revelation 4.10. What do you think we're going to do with these rewards? In Revelation it says, the four and twenty elders fell down before him that sat on the throne. And these guys had, had the rewards. And worshiped him that liveth forever and ever. And cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Think about this. We're going to get, if you strive and we get, you get one of these rewards, when you get to heaven, are you going to be wearing this reward around your head real proud? No, you're going to throw it at the feet of Jesus, at the throne of God. Because the Holy Spirit, God, the purpose of life is to do what? Glorify God. And who's going to get glorified if you get a reward? God. And so the purpose of these rewards is not for you. It's to glorify God. So I would challenge you. I would really challenge you as a believer. If you're not a believer, 
talk to me, one of the deacons in the back. I think they're all in the back. We'll tell I was right there. But all the other deacons are in the back. No, James is right there. By the way, so you know who our deacons are if you want to talk to them. There's James sitting over there. Tell us by the sound booth. And Gore was the guy that was up here doing the, uh, the music. Talk to them or me. Because if you're not saved, none of this applies to you. Because you're not going to be at this judgment. You're going to be in the judgment in Revelation chapter 21. And that's the great white throne judgment. And that's bad news. Because your book name's not going to be in the book of life. And you're going to go to hell. So if you don't understand that, talk to one of these guys. But if you're a born-again believer, I would challenge you, seek God's will. Do the things that God wants so you can get a crown for the what? Purpose of throwing it at the feet of God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. Your gospel is so simple. That's all we have to do is believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, for my sins, and that he rose the third day according to the scriptures. That's the gospel. But Lord, as we know the gospel, we get saved. But you want much more for us. As your children, Lord, you want us to, to really be, live the life, live our life for you, to be fully dedicated to you. And that's, that's what you want, Lord. And you are so desirous of that that you promise us rewards, crowns, Lord, that we can get because of our desire, no matter how feeble, to follow you, Lord. And we thank you so much that you give us this opportunity to get these rewards. We thank you, Lord, that, that even if we don't get any of the rewards, we're still saved. But we thank you, Lord, that you given us the opportunity or and, and we ask Lord that you would give us through your Holy Spirit the desire to want to strive to get these rewards not for our own personal glory not for our own pride but just because we love you and our love for you is greater than our love for this world Lord that we want to strive to love you and show our love for you and we know Lord that that even if we do get these rewards, it's not us. It's your spirit that enables us. And we ask, Lord, that, that if we, and we look forward to the day that maybe someday, if we get a reward, that we can throw it before your feet. Lord, we thank you so much for your love and mercy. We thank you, Lord, that, that you did save us. You did save us, Lord, being filthy sinners and, and because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Lord, that you give us an opportunity to please you by living the life that would serve you, Lord. And we know that we can't do it without your spirit, but we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.